Welcome to the Your Turn podcast. Today we're going to talk with Peter Snowart. You can learn from him a lot. He's not only a very passionate musician, he's also a sales director at DropSolid and helps building the future careers of his salespeople. How to become better in sales, but also how to become better human beings. It's amazing how he protects his team and builds them up so that they can become the next leaders. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Peter. Hello, Cedric. Welcome, welcome to Your Turn Podcast. And so we're going to talk today about the pivots you had in life. You are a very strong sales leader. You're also a very strong uh, person. Uh, with, 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 you're very creative. You play the guitar. You're a musician. Um, so introduce yourself to, to the audience. <laughs> I'm Peter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, so I indeed combine lots of things. Um, but for me, the, the focal point is passion, passion. And, um, and I'm passionate about sales, passionate about podcasting, of course, and also about music uh, right now. Um, professionally I'm doing two things. So, uh, I have my own company, uh, which has the podcast what's on your mind, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I work as a sales leader, uh, for an, uh, a marketing, marketing tech, uh, um, company in, uh, in Belgium leading, uh, seven people. Okay. Sounds great. And if you look at your journey, right, you have your entire career, you've been in active in sales, mm-hmm. uh, you became a sales leader. Um, at the same time, some things have changed uh, inside of you. So maybe you can tell us briefly about the journey and then we will pick a number of things out to go deeper into this. Well, the thing was that I, um, before I, I joined Drop Solids, I didn't want to become any more sales leader position because I, 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 I've done it before in a, in a startup when I was 37, that's more than 10 years ago. So I was like, no, I, um, that's not for me anymore. I, uh, I mean, being a leader, it takes also great responsibility. And, um, so the, the, the thing is that I, I've always worked in, in software companies, uh, and, uh, I've done a couple of startups by accident. Um, and then I went to the, the opposite which was IBM um, because I wanted to taste um, how life is there uh, from uh, the, the eyes of a salesperson. So because I, 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 my juice to keep me flowing, my energy comes from building things, building mm-hmm. companies, building teams. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not Bob the Builder, maybe Peter the Builder, but I love the, I, for me, it's in the journey. It's not the destination. Once I reach certain things and things go by themselves, for me, the, the, yeah, that's not my thing. Uh, and that's why I love to reinvent myself and, and, and really look up, uh, the borders of my, my of the things that I'm, that, that I'm, that I can do and, and really learn wh- where's my zone of genius, uh, and, and really exploit that or use that in my favor, of course, and, and, and yeah, having a great time. So, and, and that's why I have a, if you look at my, the things I've done in my career, it's a combination of, uh, of startups and, and then going to corporates, then again, a startup, and then, uh, going into some, I call it yeah, media, medium sized companies like semantic or, um, or, or trend micro, and then doing something completely different, more a regional based company, yeah, regional. It's now also uh, an almost thousand uh, persons uh, company, services company, and then now it's a company of of, of ninety persons. So because 
yeah, I really like to reinvent myself and to, to, to start all over again in a complete new environment in terms of services, of software, uh, technology that, that I don't know. Um, so, yeah, because I like to, I'm very curious. That's why I started the podcast and I like to learn stuff. So again, the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. And you, you told me in one of the previous conversations that, that, that you're uh, the, 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 the strong salesperson, overachieving a lot. Uh, you close, I think, a $60 million deal as well or mm -hmm. 60 million euro deal yeah. as well. Yeah. So you're a very high achiever and mm. know you're looking differently uh, at this. So um, what happened? Well, first of all, you never close a deal b uh, alone. Eh? I mean, mm -hmm. let me get that straight. Uh, the thing was that I, um, in the first half of my life, I think it was around 36, no, 38. It was around that. I was very, and I still am, I have that still in me, results-oriented uh, driven, uh, objective, my, everything in my life was objective, even personal relationships. I had KPIs and stuff. So everything was rationally. Mm -hmm. And this means that, um, I discovered unconscious that, um, yeah, I was good at, at building companies and, and especially from scratch, there were no customers at all. Um, and, and building something with that. And so you, 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 you generated uh, leads and, and closed deals, etc. And then you, 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 you sold the company also as well. And um, that gave me uh, some kind of identity. It gave me some kind of role, um, which I carried for, well, I think around 36, 38, something like that, where I was very um, unconscious about the fact that I needed to overachieve in order to be happy or to make me feel good. I don't want to use the term successful, um, but, and that was for me, the, the turning point that was at the same time, very unhappy. If I didn't succeed it, I was so conditioned by getting that target. And I was only focusing on the results and never on the journey. I didn't not enjoy the journey. I was only focused. If I reached that certain point, that deal, that target, um, I will be happy. So of course it made me lots of money, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. Actually, it was really about that mental stretching myself because in the end, and that's what I know right now, because I'm conscious about it. But at that time I felt I was not good enough. I didn't even felt that I was good as a sales, some kind of hidden imposter syndrome. And, yeah. um, so I carried that mask with me all of the time because I also thought that you should behave in a certain way as a salesperson. Eh? You wear you wear a costume and, and you talk mm -hmm. with all these bullshit words and things. I have to behave. And indeed, there is some kind of rock and roll side of me also, which didn't fit in. And I, I think around 36, 38, it, yeah, it became clear that uh, when I had that VP, senior VP position, I thought I was it but you are still the same person. I mean, it's not because you have the role and the responsibility that you are, that the sun is shining out of your ass. And that made me I realize that if I look back on my life, that I had everything materialistically, but I wasn't happy even with the title and the prestige. And I was like, this is not feeding my soul. If I can use this in this podcast, because it's, it it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't give me any, form of purpose of, or it doesn't give me some kind of impact. And then, so later on, I, dis I discovered that 
right now, uh, I'm 47, that I, the energy that I get if I, if I can coach younger people of older people and, and see them transform, it's, it's really something that I really love. And, um, and, and also I have taken out of my ego, out of the picture also. So it's not about me. Of course, I still have an ego, but that's a, d a different discussion. Um, but I really enjoy building with people and winning with people. If I see, um, the whole sales team win, I mean, that makes me very happy, happy. So at the same time, I'm, I'm very compassionate as human being, but at the same time, I am also a high performer. So I'm going to challenge them. Yeah. A lot to make them grow, but not to the point that they burn out. And, um, and that's also why the, 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 the corporate culture around 36, 38, no longer fitted my my you know, the person who I was or am, and that's why I, I changed completely uh, direction. So, but I, I learned a lot there, and I'm combining all the things that I learned, the good things, and with with the with the uh, the experience that I have right now. And do you have like a few moments that you started to realize, okay, this is no longer uh, for me? Because I can imagine you don't wake up one day and go, oh, this is no longer for me. I'm going to shift direction. So what happens? It's, um, I think I have two very important moments is that, I mean, and this is now very open, is that there was a time that I thought and it wasn't I, what I, I, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, maybe a very strange analogy, but Imagine you are Kurt Cobain, the, the guitar player or singer of, of Nirvana, and you make your second record called Nevermind. And everybody is telling you you're the, be you're the best. Everything that you touch is gold. And, and I felt also that is that certain people, um, it's, my, it's my responsibility, so I don't blame them anything at all. Eh? So they were so on, yeah, work with us, work with us. You're going to do great because I did that great and did that great, etc., etc. And um, so I stepped into a, a startup, which the product was unsellable. It's still today, it's sold to company, but the product in that form has never been sold properly. They, they are selling another product that they used some kind you know, in the basement or something was lying around, which is now very successful. And I was, I was like, this is not making me happy. I thought this was going to make me happy around my 36 and I really thought I had arrived at my destination. I was like, now I'm here, but life doesn't stop at 36. Fortunately for me. Yeah. So, um, so I was like, mm, th th this stuff is not working anymore for myself. Of course, it was also combined with some personal like, challenges, like a divorce. And, um, and then I changed jobs in a very rational way. So I changed to a security software company. And in that third year, um, just before that third year, I had some kind of sales assessment and the sales assessment teacher, he uh, did some kind of training and he compared you with the best sales in the world. But at that time, I just believed everybody was telling me if they said it was like that. I, I, I never was going to think about myself. Is this really who I am? Is this really what I want? I was like, no, no, you're good. And, and so, and that guy, he told me, he said, Peter, you are stretching yourself. You are pushing yourself because you want to become successful and you are impatient. And, uh, so you have to mentally reset yourself. And I'm like, Hmm, interesting. I fully agree with that because I wanted to feel successful anymore because I was reaching targets, but it was not enough for me. I was not happy with hundred percent. I want to 
have the 200% or the 250% because that's my thing. And, um, and, and he said, yeah, you have to do a mental reset. And I was like, you're right. And, um, and they thought I was doing or having a mental reset within my mind. I was like, I need to leave here. This is not where I'm very passionate about. The people are great. I still love them. I still see them. They're amazing people. Um, but the product suite was for me, it doesn't keep me flowing. And after three years, so what I did, I was like, okay, I'm now going to take the time. I'm going to apply for a new job for the first time in my life, because otherwise I was asked to do a job. And, um, so I'm going to talk with lots of people, experiments. I did an, uh, an, uh, how do you call that? An, uh, job career coaching thing where I discovered for the first time, my values and, and who I am. And, um, and based on that values, I searched for a company who matched my values. So trust and, and work, uh, working with a players, etc. And, and Peter, um, yes? and let me briefly interrupt. So were you surprised to read your values or to realize what your values were? Well, yes and no. The thing is, Cedric, is that, um, is that I was not aware or conscious about them. And I was just living at full speed and never took the time to stand still and, and to really reflect on, Hey, uh, is this where I want to be? Is this who I am? Is this really resonating with my, my true being mm -hmm. or am I living up to the expectation or the conditions of other people? And because I never asked myself that question and you can ask me, Peter, why is that possible? But it's really simple. You start in a position and you make lots of money and you're in that rat race all of the time. Then of course you have your domestic things that you have to do. I was always all also uh, a lot away from home. So, I mean, for playing guitar or doing whatever things. So I was never taking the time to really reflect uh, and standing still. I also thought at that time, I self-reflection, I found it crap and bullshit. So, um, it was really then with the values that I was like, okay. So I knew that the answers were in me, but I never took the time to really listen to my inner voice. Um, I don't know if I can say this on this podcast, if I'm a little bit going you overboard. You definitely can say this. No worries. Uh, we'll get uh, much deeper into this in a, in a couple of minutes. So and, go ahead. And, and so, and so by just the, 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 the trick is there is that instead of, it's better to move slowly in the right direction then fast in the wrong direction. And there I have had learned that I have put my ladder onto the, the wrong mountain or the wrong, the wrong tree. Now it's, of course I have, I, in order to get those insights, I had to do these things to come to that insight. So I learned those lessons. Um, so it was not like, uh, I, I am, I regretting all these things. Of course not me. I mean, I've learned a lot. Um, and so th those values didn't surprise me at all, but what was the first time that I, I, I've made them conscious about them. And this is the big eye opener. If are you, if you are aware, conscious about them, then you, yeah, you carry the, carry them with you and then you can match every opportunity or every situation or every organization you work for, if this your thing or not, because like I said before, um, I, 
in, in the previous roles, I, I'm not going to say I didn't feel, fell at home. I was always like, there is something wrong here, but like a true male and I, in the past, I ignored my emotions and I did not listen to them, of course. And, um, and I didn't, I also ignored my intuition and that inner voice. And, and of course today I don't do that anymore. And, um, that's also why I was always yeah, chasing after some kind of carrot, whereas right now it's just the other way around. The um, carrot is chasing you. Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the thing for me is that, um, when it's not, it's about being, doing, and then having, mm -hmm. instead of doing things, then you have certain things and then you will be somebody. Mm. I, so I flipped that around. I am already somebody and I'm happy with the situation, everything there is right now, who I am and everything is fine. And in order that I can take aligned action in doing, and, and as a result of that, I will have certain things. And mm. by thinking like that is that in, in, in order, uh, in, instead of chasing happiness or money, I chase, um, or, or I focus or I take aligned action with some kind of purpose, which is some kind of burning fire, some kind of North star, which is inside of me, like having impact on, on, on people. Um, and as a side effect, I get paid for that. And I, I am very happy. It gives me energy. And of course, if you combine those two, uh, that, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great life to live. Of course. Eh? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm planning to stay here for a couple of 20 or 30 years on this planet in this material form. So, uh, that works for me, but it's still something every day that I need to be aware of and conscious about, of course. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've written a bunch of stuff and, and I interrupted you just when you said, okay, listen, I'm gonna uh, look for another job. I'm going to apply for the first time on the job. Let's, let's briefly continue with this. And then let's really dig in into, uh, your way of thinking and, and being, uh, now. Oh, one moment. The light is out. Yes. So you're looking for another job. You were applying for, yeah. uh, for another role for the first time in your life. You said, yeah, indeed. So, uh, and that's, I, and my, my partner, my wife now is, was then at that time, um, my, my mirror. So what she did is that because she takes a lot of decision based on her intuition, um, and I'm not. So every time, and I, I applied for like the most crazy jobs, uh, in, in the most strange, extreme organizations. So it was software. Gardner was also there. I mean, it was a marketing company. So everything that I thought, why not? And, um, and afterwards I called her and she asked me questions. How was it? etc., etc. And she said, Peter, now you're living again in your head because I started about the title, the car, the wages, the blah, 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 blah. And, and she's like, no, 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 that's not, that's ego. And then the other job, hmm, this is different. This is really different, this, this, this role. And then I was like, yeah. And, and that's how I actually reinvented myself. Um, and very important was that it also came together with the fact that in the last job, um, 
the the way of doing sales, the typical pushy sales, uh, end of quarter, you know, the drill. Eh? Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, but there has to be another way also. Isn't there a, a way of a more pool uh, philosophy? And then um, I, I've written, I've read the book uh, Flow, which is uh, from Jan Bomeré. And he um, he got flow from uh, the the granddaddy of positive psychology. That's uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. He's mm. uh, he died last year, I believe. And um, I heard that on the sales podcast. And then I I discovered that book of, of flow of Jan Bomeré. And uh, I was like, what what's the thing with that flow? And that book was about the the best of the best sales in the world because I was so ambitious. I was like. I want to become one of the best sales in the world, not compared to somebody else, because I, I, everybody in the world can be the best of the best, but I want to be the best on the best compared to myself of five years ago. And, and there I, yeah, studied everything that I could find. And I was like, mm, if I could now find an environment where I can apply these rules and yeah, work on that philosophy. So I did. So I asked them carte blanche. And uh, the, the, there was no new business at all, zero, it's not, nothing. They only had um, existing customers and a bunch of farmers and account wow. managers, and they did a great job, but there was no new business. And they, they yeah, if they did a deal, they, they lost. And uh, I was like, hmm, I'm going to stay here for one year. I give it a shot for one year. And if it's nothing, I'm gone. And I stayed there for five years almost. So, and, and for me, that, that pool philosophy, I can call it, um, is is actually the foundation of selling without selling your soul. So the, the first YouTube, and then later, which became the foundation of my podcast, where I ask brilliant people like yourself um, on how they are Thank doing you. sales and sales leadership ship roles. So um, so I combined the two. So I changed for myself uh, the way I live, the way I look at life, um, I, how I look at sales at the same time, and how I, how can I apply it. In, um, in 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 a sales role, and yeah, and after five years, uh, Dropsolid contacted me, and uh, they said, "Do you want to coach younger people?" And I was like, "Yeah." So, uh, how can I teach that to to younger people? Um, and hoping that they don't make the same mistakes, uh, or at least if they make the mistakes, that they make it around their twenty fifth uh, anniversary instead of their thirty sixth. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great, because you said at a certain moment, I, I had to have all these things to get those learnings. Uh, at the same time, if you would have had somebody like you, huh, like a coach, when you were in mid-20s, would you have had the same journey as you have had now? Would you make the same mistakes? Or, I mean, it's, it's a very hypothetical question, I understand, but do you see it at the people that you coach and lead today, that they're um, maybe thinking twice before they make a similar mistake as you might have found? Or, Especially like, do you, do you see that they um, are somebody that they're, they, they think should be, or do you see that they really can be genuine? That's a great question. Um, the thing was that I had very good mentors. I had really great coaches, which all focused on the rational business side of things. Um, none of them, they were friendly people. Eh? but none of them were focused on the more personal growth, mental slash emotional side uh, of, of the coaching aspects, um, which is um, a typical male thing 
uh, and male, I mean not male in the gender, I mean male in the energy. Mm -hmm. um, so if I see that with, with certain people in my team, yes, I see it because they are making similar, um, I wouldn't say mistakes, but they're going through the same lessons. Like, I mean, if you are a good sales, most of the sales are quite ambitious and they want, they want to become a sales leader in some kind of way. And um, so in order to do that, they are going to create expectations of themselves where they want to be within six months and where they're really at. And because they um, have those expectations of whom they should be compared to what the reality is, creates lots of stress. So that's one. And two is that also I, I, I've seen sales here that um, that they need that result, that, that getting that target in order that they, that they are feeling good. So I had to coach them really hard saying, you are not your target. I mean, you're doing your, the only you could do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. I mean, so I'm very um, conscious about the fact you can stretch people, but make sure that they, they are growing, but they, that you don't overstretch them and that you burn them out because yeah, I've seen that before in other organizations where people were burned out. So, I mean, you have to have ambition and you, and it's okay to have a, a result, but that cannot be, I mean, who you really are, your self-esteem cannot be attached to that. I mean, if you make it great, if you don't make it, it's also great. You have, of course, you have to learn from that, you have to, and et cetera. But it's very, I mean, I'm very aware of the fact that they cannot attach them to themselves because if, yeah. If, so if I see that, I'm going to work very hard on them to make sure I can, so that they can see that they become aware, that they become conscious, that they should cut that 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 tie uh, between those two, and it really hold. and it really works because you 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 see that in in terms of their happiness, their their job happiness, mm -hmm. you can see that how happy they are. I mean, yeah. and they ha and the happier they are, the strange thing is, the, the better they are getting the results. So, and this is one of my first universal law secrets is that um, detached from the outcome, it sounds really strange, but create an objective that's great, create having some kind of North Star, but then let it go. And when you go into a client's engagement, I mean, don't focus on the deal, but focus on that person, on that relationship. Who is that person? Where, what is he or she driving? Where does he or she stands right now? And where does he or she needs to, or wants to go point B? And help them with their transformation, with your software, your tool, your service, whatever the thing that you're selling. And, and, and that's the big, for me, the big change, uh, which is also in sales land. Yeah. It's the minority who, of people who apply that. So mm -hmm. those salespeople are really, oh, those customers or prospects are really feeling a really different, uh, way of, 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 of selling. Of course, they have the typical old school techniques. And if you combine those two, I mean, you get, yeah, you get and great sales and potential great sales leaders and you great, great conscious people also. And if you look at the, the target setting, uh, so in the end, people can be very happy um, and not reaching any target, which has an impact on the company's performance. And people can be um, happy and uh, reach their targets as well. So how do you make a distinction between the, the two that there is still a, a drive uh, a, a drive to the outcome yeah. and that people are uh, happy and fulfilled at the same time? What are your yeah. techniques? 
But first of all, people are responsible for their own happiness. Eh? I mean, I'm not here to make them happy. Let's that be clear. Um, second of all, they are aware that uh, a company, its fuel, its energy is margin or or sales. Um, and, and, and so because they are so tied to that to that purpose of the group, then when somebody is successful, they also want to be successful because they don't want to left behind. They also they feel responsible to, to contribute also. Um, and they all are overachieving their targets. So if people are not getting their targets, I'm, then I'm going to look at, okay, uh, if you don't get any targets, this means there are no orders. Why are there no orders? Then I want to see um, offers, proposals, yeah. If if I don't see enough proposals, um, of course I'm going to look at the conversion. Why why aren't you uh, aren't you um, converting uh, like eighty or ninety percent of your offers into into ones? That this is for me a very important one. Um, and of course I want to if there are not enough offers, which I don't have at this moment, then I'm going to look at um, yeah what is your activity of course. Eh? I mean customer engagement, how many meetings, then I get to the, the nitty gritty detail. And um, I mean, yes, they they need to feel good about themselves. At the same time, like I mentioned before, I'm going to challenge them. So I warn them, I'm going to give you open and direct feedback right now. And, and, uh, and all of them are hungry about that because they want to grow. They're like, Peter, it's great that we're doing great, but I want to learn. I want to give me, give it to me. And yeah. Then I'm going to go into customer engagements and I say, look, now you're going to own the meeting. I'm not going to say anything. I'm here for coaching purposes, learning purposes. And so I give them honestly direct feedback because I have a very direct uh, communication style for mm -hmm. a lot of people, a little bit too direct. So, but it's, it's, it's direct and it's not about me, my ego pushing them, pushing them into yeah, a burnout more. It's more like getting out what's in there. I mean, triggering getting, them. getting, yeah, triggering them, getting rid of their limiting beliefs and making sure that they are, um, using the full potential within, which is inside of them. So I'm going to manage and challenge them on their potential. Yeah. So to, to play a bit the devil's advocate, if I were going to be a corporate, um, Excel manager, and I see that all my business team overachieves their target, then I might think, hey, we set our targets too low. Uh, mm. Let's set them a bit higher because on average, uh, 70, 75% of the salespeople should reach our targets to, 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 uh, so there, these are like a few, there are a few of these ideas out there. So how would you, what would you say against this? Um, well, you're mentioning it, eh? corporate sales manager, and I know how, how the thing works and I don't believe in that. I rather go for a team because I really believe in, if you're, you're also into sports, eh? you're a high performer in sports. Uh, I have it in music. I see it in soccer teams. I really believe in flow in, in, in a group it's called synergy or co-creation. And then, and then it, the total becomes more than the underlying underlying parts. There's, yeah. There is some kind of, it's like, um, what's the guy, uh, the producer of um, uh, We Are The World and Thriller of Michael Jackson. He said that in, in a documentary, I forgot his name, and he uh, um, <clears throat> mentioned, I mean, you should record 80% of the music and then you let the magic add the extra 20%. And for me, 
the, the, the total magic is for me more important than having a corporate Excel manager, because then again, you're, you are in that old school of thinking. Then you're at, actually for me, you're in a scarcity mindset. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more of an abundance guy and I want everybody to win. Of course, I mean, you have to set targets to stretch them. So, I mean, they know that the targets will be raised by 30, 40% compared to last year. Um, and, and yeah, and I also give them the promise that if I see destructive behavior, mentality, blah, 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 for the team, these people will be kicked out because I already have said goodbye to certain people, which did not fit that team, team which is very important. So to answer your question, I rather go for the total is more than some of the underlying parts, then go for the 75% of uh, reaching their, uh, their, um, yeah, their targets. And uh, great, great answer. I was going to say great question, but great answer because yeah, you really protect your team as any sales leader should do. And when you, when you talk about this um, to, the, to the top management, to, to the boards, how do you uh, go about this? Because maybe they also spoke to some uh, people that know some corporate statistics and might give you some like input or suggestions. Uh, how do you talk to them? Then I say really brutally, <clears throat> here's the phone, do it, <laughs> do it yourself. So um, I, I don't say my, my philosophy is the, is the truth of is the, the golden bullet or the silver bullet to uh, to any company is just for me, it works. And I really believe in that. And I'm looking for people who also believe in that also in terms of sales. And, um, and yeah, uh, so the results are there, you see, um, will it work in every company? No, but for, for the last, um, 10 years, um, both companies were, uh, had great EBITAs, great, great turnovers, great growth. So for me, for me, it works by, I understand that, I mean, I don't think a Microsoft or an Oracle or an SAP or a corporate will apply this rule because they have, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to change that culture. I mean, um, because it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's also a cultural thing, um, but for, for me, for me, it works. So, uh, and. Yeah, if I look at, at the board, yeah, well, they look at numbers, of course. Um, there are more KPIs, but they look at numbers, they look at customers. Um, and yeah, uh, of course, they, they, they are happy. And as long as the numbers are great, I, 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 I think. And also the fact is, Cedric, and I think in 2022, and I think you are aware of that of also, because if, when I talk with a lot of um, sales leaders and, and is that there is... Um, Everybody's talking about uh, technical people, developers, engineers, system engineers. Uh, I'm going to generalize them, the technical community. There's a scarcity of people. Mm -hmm. There's also scarcity of great salespeople, yeah. um, especially with, with an, an, a lot of new startup companies. I mean, coming into marketing and sales and, and all kind of like, you cannot even imagine it or there is some kind of SaaS version for it, um, for an industry. Last week I was at the SaaS. I, I played uh, at, at a gig at an, uh, a company event where there was a SaaS for logistics software. I mean, I, ne I wasn't even aware that it exists. So the thing is, those companies need also salespeople. So, I mean, if you are not 
treating your people well, uh, and this is just a very black-white set. I mean, if you don't make sure they, that they are successful and you treat them well, I mean, I mean, they're being hunted uh, via LinkedIn or, or headhunters. Then you're like, okay, are you going to do it, board? Do it yourself. Eh? I mean, uh, I invite you. Uh, and that's the the thing also is that in a lot of companies, sales is seen as a more like, yeah, negative thing, thingish. Uh, so it really depends on, on, that's also a thing I learned. I mean, for me, a good CEO has a sales background or at least has been part of the sales process in the beginning. So he or she is aware of, uh, so for us also, our CEO, she is also, uh, or the founders, are involved in sales engagements. So, I mean, I don't have to explain them. They see how it works. They know what the, yeah, what the challenges are. So, um, so my answer would be, I invite you to sales calls. And yeah. so for me, I've, I've, I know what you're heading at that question because I had that in the past uh, and I, it's not my thing anymore. I mean, yeah. I, because I really believe, like I said before, I'm, I'm driven by building a company, by building and by building a company needs sales. So, so I choose that kind of environment because it's, it fits with me. Yeah. Yes. Great. Thank you. And, and I obviously agree. Otherwise I would not have asked that question, of course, right? Because we are both a bit entrepreneurs and we both have a, uh, a certain mindset. And um, what I also really, I, I'm looking at my notes, what I, what I also noted is that you, you say it's, it's a conscious, um, you're con constantly consciously aware of it. So. How does this start? And you said I, I was living, I was uh, very goal oriented, I was overachieving, and now you're consciously aware of what you're doing. So, how did you start with this, and and how is it evolving? Uh, there are a couple of things there. I mean, the first two points are there is a there is a difference between time management and energy management. I mean, I don't have to explain. Time is ticking away. I mean, yeah. you have a certain amount of seconds in your life. I mean, you have that point between your birth and your death, and I think it's your job to maximize, to enjoy life as fullest to its fullest. I, at least that's what I assume. That for me, that's what that's my ambition. Um, so when I learned, and that that's the thing with flow, is that there is a saying that they say. I mean, if you spend one. Um, hour with a beautiful girl or beautiful boy, eh? it can feel like one minute. But if you are going to step into fire, um, that one minute can feel like an hour. And mm -hmm. if you, instead of focusing on time management, but focus on energy management, I mean, that's a completely different thing. But in order to focus on energy management, you have to stand still and to feel in your complete body and not only in your head. I mean, is this thing that I'm doing or this activity, is this giving me energy or is this draining me energy? Okay. I mean, you mentioned Excel. I'm good at it, but I, it drains my energy. So I have to be very careful, but I have people in, in our team which are great at it, but they are not great in feeling the room, reading the new room, knowing some kind of strategy for me, I don't have to think about it. It just comes naturally. So I know we're going to do this, 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 and this will happen. This will work. And these are the right people to, to, to win this deal. So I focus on energy management. You have to stand still and standing still is that we have a muscle inside of ourselves. We have 
a lot of muscles in ourselves. And one of those muscles is um, the, the awareness muscle or the conscious muscle. And so this, this, this uh, muscle um, helps you to, to see, first of all, your limiting beliefs. I mean, if you have like a scarcity mindset and if you think that the, 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 if you see only problems, I mean, I mean, it's going to be really difficult to find opportunities because the thing that you focus on, you will yeah, enlarge yeah. Eh? Mm -hmm. what you, what you persist will resist, eh? resist. And the thing is, is that so, uh, you can train by slowing down and feeling, okay, how am I feeling? How is my energy? What are my limiting beliefs? Okay. I have a limiting belief about this or that like money. I see a lot of salespeople have a money mindset, money scarcity mindset problem. They are afraid of asking a deal of, I don't know, 1 million euros because they're not convinced that this deal is, has the value of 1 million euros. And it's really, they are unaware and unconscious about it, but you can feel it in that energy that they are bringing towards that customer. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 yeah. you are nothing. So you know what I'm talking about. And so you have to help them expand their minds and change that. So they become yeah, abundant in terms of money and that you're not afraid of, okay, it's 1 million euros. And, um, because they're all thinking about certain excuses, why this is not worth 1 million euros. And, and they start uh, asking for a discount before they even spoke yeah, to the yeah, customer or the decision yeah, maker. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's energy management, and and the second is also is that the thing I learned is that uh, and it has it is linked to it is that there is a difference between being efficient and being effective. The being efficient is doing the the things right, but being effective is doing the right things. I mean, and if you have if you are in a creative uh, process, I mean, it's not linear. I don't have to explain the, the, the journey you are taking as an entrepreneur, the gym foundation. It's not you do here and then you, no, no, no. It's, it's really searching and then you're something and then et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and it's, it's, it's the same thing. And so if you, you, you have to also focus on being effective. So it can be that you say, I'm going to drive in my car to that customer to that prospect having an hour, two hours of a physical meeting, then you can say, this is not very efficient. I understand. But if you then at that two hours planted the seed for a very fruitful um, relationship and you have discovered information that you will never ever uh, would have discovered or you, you have gained a certain first foundation of trust. I mean, I don't have to explain there I mean, and that's, that's the thing. If if focusing on effectiveness rather on just, I mean, doing the things right, that's fine for me, but do, are you doing the right things? And you have to ask yourself that over and over and over again. So that awareness, it, it, it was just there, there that it started. And then later on, I mean, I, I had meditation practices where I really stand still and looking at myself and looking at that internal voice eh, that's that FM radio, which is in, in dialing in your head. And then by, by, by slowing yourself down, you become aware of what that inner voice, that inner, inner dialogue is telling you, and then you can change the dial. But in order to change the dial, the key is to become aware. <laughs> what the hell are you listening to? Are you listening to problems 90.68 FM or are you listening to opportunities 101.2 FM? Eh? 
I mean, I mean yeah. make it a little bit simple here, but it's, it's, yeah, uh, and a lot of people are living their lives and mm-hmm. they, they, they get up in the morning and they are, they, they go to the bathroom and they, they, they brush their teeth and they they make breakfast and things like that. And they're doing all the, always the same programming of the software, but they're not aware of the software, software that is running and become awareness mm-hmm. is the key to change that software in your head yeah. and to say, hmm, maybe I need to reprogram myself and then you become, yeah. then you're entering the mindset principles. But remember the mindset thing, um, which is also something Michal Humblet asked me a couple of uh, months ago. I only became aware of it um, when I was around 38 or 37. So before that, I thought mindset was complete BS. But, but now I discovered that it's a very important part of being a good sales person. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we both know well uh, uh, Joe Dispenza, uh, breaking yeah. the habit of being yourself. Yeah. Uh, many people are unaware how they are, all the habits that really drive their uh, own uh, uh, behaviors. Um, so do you have moments that you realize, okay, listen, I'm a bit too much unconscious. I need to step back again. And if yeah. so, do you have like a routine or something that you do then to, to reset again? Yeah, um, it started, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, it was a, an, an architect, Peter de Rote, who noticed when I was doing too much and I was too much in my head, do, doing too much meetings um, and taking on too much that, that I became then very direct and stressy and uh, this, that, this, that, that. And he was like, Peter, go home, go into a wood, cool down and come back. And then I learned that every time when I'm in a kind of in a stress modus and doing too much things at the same time, and, and then I feel pumped up, but in a negative way, I'm like, how busy it may be, I need to pull back and I need to take three steps back because I am in my own way. I am blocking myself where the energy cannot flow so I need to take a step back and becoming one again with the moment, with the present, with the here right now. And, and it can be with meditation, but it can also be with a simple um, breathing exercise, the four, seven, eight, which is like four counts in, you hold your breath for seven counts and then eight counts out. So when the, the breathing out becomes longer than the breathing in, then you're becoming calmer. If you are um, breathing in, uh, longer than breathing out, you're becoming stressed. So mm-hmm. you're, you're getting, you're, you're using this part of your body, which is stress. But if you're then using the, your, your belly, then and you're becoming, you're becoming, and then you feel, okay. And then you look at all these, yeah, you look at life or the situation you're in and you're looking at, okay, is this going to really matter for the coming six months? Is this going to add revenue? Is this going to bring any joy? Or, and then I'm by taking uh, a distance, then I, I, I don't identify myself with that situation and it becomes uh, depersonalized. And by looking at a helicopter view, I, one, I become, I am becoming more creative. Um, and, and second, it, it, um, the ego thing is out of it and it will give me, um, yeah, uh, solutions to where I'm, when I'm too much standing into the, the, the winds, the tornado, I will call it, 
I mean, I don't see the, the thing. So I had to let it go and start, instead of pushing for having right now a solution. Yeah. Because yeah. I almost, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, go ahead. You almost. But, and the, the thing is, is that I realize that everything comes on time. So, I mean, grass does not grow more rapid by pulling on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you laugh at it, but it's, 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 it's for me, it's a lesson because I'm a very impatient person. I want that everything happens right now within five minutes. If people say to me, yeah. when should I have it? Not tomorrow, but tonight is fine. So that's, and so I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm conscious about it, that I have that in me. Uh, so I have to be, yeah, um, come, come, come aware. Um, so yes, by pulling back, breathing, meditation, it can be walking in, in, in the, in the woods. And I feel it when I'm, I'm stressed because stress is resistant to what is right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, no, I have to slow down. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love the tips. And if you even go a step back, right. When you have people listening, um, it might seem a big shift. Uh, I say uh, it might seem a big shift. I say, okay, I have my day to day. I have my hurry. I have my targets. I'm, I'm, I have my product to, to bring on the market. Where can they start? What, what is the first small step that they can take to start up the journey? But the, the thing is by realizing it's a journey and the destination is the journey. So there will be no point that you will reach that you think you are there. Second is that, I mean, you are running a marathon here. You're not running a sprint. So mm -hmm. it's your life. It's your career. I mean, you are responsible for it. And, um, if you are making the target this year, you can be sure of that next year, they will be adding 20, 30, 40%. So you have to make sure because you're running a marathon, you have to take care of your energy. And um, because people will expect of you that you will reach your targets for the coming 30 years. I mean, especially mm -hmm. as a sale, but as a sales leader is the same circus, I could call it. So you have to be, be aware of that if that's your thing and you, and, and, and the third thing is that, yes, it's great to, 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 um, to focus on that target, but make sure that it's not attached to your self-esteem. Now, that okay. being said, of course, you have to be really brutally honest with the actions that you can take right now, because you cannot control the outcome, but you can control the actions that you're going to take and be brutally honest is the things that I'm doing just because I want to feel busy because it makes me feel good or I'm really taking the necessary action because I see lots of people being in meetings, which I hate, um, internal meetings and yeah, talking about all interesting stuff, but I don't see any, I mean, is that meeting going to add a certain revenue is going to um, increase a certain relationship of trust with customers or with prospects, things like that. So, and, and, and I, I want that people are going to be brutally honest and take responsibility for themselves by, by looking at those things that they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have people that, and we all know them, people that are, let me say, still and in the rat race, still looking at the bling bling, uh, the big car, the salary, the bonuses, how can they start? the journey, uh, they, they're in the scarcity mindset. They might be afraid of losing their job. They have a bunch of responsibilities in between brackets to, to maintain the mortgage and, and maybe a way of living. What would you say to them? I wish you the great car, the big Mercedes or BMW. I wish you the great 
presidents clubs in in all beautiful places i wish you the the all the money that you have to realize <clears throat> that you will still be the same person with the still same scarcity mindsets and you will learn the lesson once the lesson is there for you um so because um i think personally you have to go through that phase to realize i mean you can buy a 20th mercedes in your garage but there will there will come a certain point in your life that you will see that you are chasing something which is not fulfilling you anymore but you should grow through <laughs> through through that of course yeah. the thing that i'm seeing cedric is that if i look at at our generation uh which i still consider as young if i compare that for instance to to sales leaders like like bram van der velde there are the, 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 there is a different generation coming. I see people who are also driven by purpose and who realize that, that they don't want to have that same life as the, their fathers who were never there and always working. Um, and they are looking for a little bit more depth than, than, than for instance, our generation who our fathers and mothers were like the post-war survivors and were focusing on security for their children. So I think, I think, I think there is hope there is lots of hope. Um, I mean, if you pronounce the, the word meditation in younger generations, they're like, yeah, it's even cool. It's hipster. It's, it's us who, who think it's stupid. Um, but the younger generations are more open-minded than, than, than us. Of course, they also want to drive in a nice car and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, so. But a big thing is maybe yeah, maybe many of us lived the life they, they, they thought they had to live. Yeah. Uh, they were doing what they thought they had to do. And uh, in that sense, uh, we didn't have uh, a time to consciously think, what do we want to do? Uh, because we were expected, if you have good marks, uh, to become a doctor or a lawyer or you name it. Um, and, and uh, you know, as well, right, I, I had also my uh, uh, burnout when I was in mid-30s. And then also I was very confronted with, okay, I had a high title, high revenue responsibility, mm -hmm. but in the end, that's not really what, uh, what, um, doesn't um, matter. it doesn't matter. Keeps anything. Me, keeps me running. Ah, mm -hmm. I, I love painting. I love drawing and I'm a creative person, just like you're a, a creator. And by combining providing versus uh, together with creating, uh, I think you can really contribute much more and, and as well as combined with being direct because. Uh, there are always people that will uh, uh, try to, um, uh, uh, well, uh, benefit from uh, who you are, but not in, in, in a nice way. So you, you still somehow need to protect your ego, I think. Uh, you, you, you cannot lose yourself. Um, so that's it's a, really kind of a balance, right? Yeah, that's, I think it's a very important one. I think a burnout is the fact that who you think you are and the life you're living is so far from who you really are, but you just mm -hmm. neglect it the whispers from inside, yeah. then it becomes screams. And then the body says, party is over, computer says no. And it's your job to live a life which is close to who you really are, your, your true nature, instead mm -hmm. of living a life based on external validation, I call that. Yeah. So yeah. external validation is based on, um, there's nothing wrong being the sales leader, 
Um, but why are you doing that? Yeah, you're doing it for the car and the money, which is fine. Eh? That's your life. But that external validation, and it's a it's mm -hmm. a, a pit. It's a trap. You can never feel um, hundred percent because it's like that 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 rat running in a cage. You have to keep on running in order to fill that 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 gap. Um, but for me, it doesn't work. If that's worked for you, and at the end, you see, yeah, in, indeed, people coming into some kind of burnout because their body, they didn't, they didn't, did not listen to their inner voice or their body because, uh, and they have some kind of physical things that were not going well. So, um, so for me, it's your job to live a life, which is close to you. And indeed, um, one of the things that I've learned is that there is some kind of artistic sites inside of me, which I neglected for like 20 years, 30 years because, and I don't blame them, my parents, but they, I, I was, I had a limiting belief that being creative was not paying the bills, um, which is absolutely not true, of course. And, and that's why I love to create stuff like videos and podcasts and, and, and doing things with you and the, we are sales events and of course playing music. And it's all the same thing, creating a company, creating a podcast. It's all about growing, and that's that's for me the the fire, the journey, and uh, yeah, and that keeps me flowing. And as a side effect, of course, you are making, you're reaching your target, etc., etc. And I know I explain it in a very philosophical way. Of course, I have pipeline reviews and using the techniques and things like that. But if you can combine that emotional, more magical side with a more rational side, then it becomes really. Yeah, then, 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 then that, that balance that becomes, yeah, then it's fun. Um, then I don't yeah. feel like, oh, I mean, I was listening to an 80s rock song this weekend. Eh, people are looking for the weekend from Loverboy. I'm like, if you have a life based only on Saturday and Sunday, oh my God. Eh? Or that song of Katy Perry, thank God it's Friday, TGIF. I'm like, I mean, oh my God. I mean, yeah. Then you have a, a really limited life. I mean, there is no, if I look at my son, there is no difference between Saturday and Monday or Wednesday. He's having fun mm -hmm. all of the time. And that is, I think, the true nature of living. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was, I, I used to work as a student uh, in a metal factory and uh, there was always the guy, oh, it's Monday. I hope you're quickly Friday. And I was always like, that's not right. Or for me, the same thing, people that say, oh, when you retire, then you go to live in Italy or Spain or a little house in France. Why wait uh, and, and enjoy the moment, uh, seize the moment, you will find opportunity. So this is also something I, I have definitely learned. Um, this, is so, by yeah. the way, this is, by the way, a question that I ask every boss that I had, why are you doing what you're doing? And I remember a startup where I applied for a job and that VP told me, Within four years, I want to, I'm just doing it for myself. And in four years, I just want to sit in my boat on Italy. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the thing was, I don't want to work for a person who um, is not focusing on growing me. I mean, um, yeah, I was like, okay, if that's your driver. Okay. I mean, but if you would told me, I mean, I'm focusing on you and I want to make you successful and the team and blah, blah, blah. And as a result of that, in five years, he can sell the company and live on a boat in Italy. I mean, great, enjoy. Mm -hmm. But as a side effect, not his 
purpose and and that yeah. was that was for me off and that's for me if if that leader is not focusing on growing you and then growing you will grow the company yeah i mean um, yeah 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 very interesting and true and maybe one last thing yeah, we, we were talking about it and about the golden cage and about the title uh retire what i see that the people that retire and were always stuck to their um uh, titles when they retire they uh, fall in nothingness yes. because mm -hmm. they attach themselves to their title uh, so for me it's very important that you exactly just what you do eh? you, you develop yourself as a human being you, you contribute you, you share that when, when something happens and uh, that, that you, you you have all the other things that you are as a human being rather than being attached to your title yeah that's true i mean uh, i know quite some c-levels who are so in love with their title is that um it's good to have things but make sure that things don't have you it's the same for titles and i mean i'm i'm like don't take yourself too seriously with with your mm -hmm. title i mean you're just like an, uh, an infant with a with a tie um so and of course playing music with with, with is is a great way of um i mean the title sales director sales leader they don't care they're like play your guitar <laughs> that's and it, 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 they don't care the other position they don't they don't know they don't care they it doesn't matter then your role is guitar player so i mean what should i do hey i'm a sales leader whatever that's an ego thing and i mean keep your ego in check that's a mm -hmm. very important one if you there's nothing wrong that your ego is playing i mean i love playing it's it, 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 how do you say that uh, my ego is also being um carried or what is the term when i'm playing a lot of great gigs uh, big gigs big performances with lots of people screaming at, at us for like two hours or three hours of course when i and and i consciously choose my ego now can play and it's also expected from me i mean mm -hmm. that i that i that i act like some kind of uh, pumped up musician so that i'm going into the passion and the energy of the audience and and that not not some kind of uh, wallflower uh, musician but then i choose con consciously to to let my ego play but for the rest of the time i mean i'm like uh, and and that's the thing that um i think what was four years ago ago that the doctor told me yeah hmm. And my son of six months was uh, young was was with me because he had also a little flu that you would have that with babies she said to me uh, the doctor uh, well you're lucky um, otherwise you have been dead within three months and that kind of um and I, I don't want to make it dramatic but it it's it makes you wonder like uh and you see that also with with, with cancer patients they have like a, a cancer free day and this is the day that they use to live a life if they would die tomorrow. And, yeah. and, and yeah, and, and you heard that also in music eh, and, and great guitar players like play every note as it was their last one. And I like that mentality that here and now that, that, uh, how are you going to spend your day tomorrow? If it was like your last day, that's the same question. If, how are you going to spend your day tomorrow? If, if, or your life if it was almost over and it makes you think very black and white which is important mm -hmm. and which is not important and that title yeah. cedric i find it 
to be honest, much more important. And I'm very grateful the, the, the way our paths have crossed, which gives me energy because you challenge me in a good way and, and, and otherwise also. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I, I prefer that kind of thing that, 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 that gives me value in my life than, I don't know, knowing if you were, were, were a VP of sales or whatever title. Uh, and that's for personally what gives, what fuels me. But of yeah. course, when you're 20, 25 and you want to be important amongst your friends and, and get a girlfriend and you think a big title is going to give you some kind of uh, success. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And uh, some cultures, um, um, are very hierarchical where titles are very important. Um, but we see exactly right. And in, in, especially in tech companies, it's in general, okay. It's definitely in scale-ups. It's in general, less hierarchical. It kind of supports and stimulates, um, a, a different level of thinking. But the, 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 there's nothing wrong with a title. With a title, eh? I know. And in, for instance, in uh, in Brazil and those countries, there should at least have a VP title. Eh? Mm -hmm. um, and I understand. I sometimes I also use my title. The only thing is that who I am is not attached to my title. That's a yeah. big difference. Yeah. So if if I have to step into that role playing that that title, which which is fine, but um, it's not who I am see yeah. and that's yeah. that's for me the big difference i have nothing against it it's more like playing a video game but then you're like sales leader in that video yeah. game but you know it's a game yeah 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 true and and on, on that and that we are over the hour so uh we but i really want did you ever feel like uh, an actor um in the beginning or now what well, yes uh actor i i was not aware i was wearing masks because I heard mm -hmm. that from my environment, they were like, everything is too perfect with you. It looks like you're made of plastic. And then I showed more the Brené Brown, the vulnerability part, the authentic part, because I was afraid to show up who I really am, because I thought people love that mask, that actor part. And again, we're, we're getting to that. I think I'm not good enough. So that self-love is really been the ticket for me of showing up in the world who I am. But it, as a result, it, it, it creates better relationships with everybody I meet. I'm becoming a much better sales instead of just playing some character that I think the world is, was expecting of me, which was yeah. actually afterwards, if I look back, complete bullshit, but I, I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> well, all right. Very profound. I have three questions I asked to everybody at the end. Uh, so the first question is, what did you wish you had done differently looking back? Uh, listen uh, to my intuition uh, uh, more uh, earlier on. Uh, your intuition did is it is it better than it was before? I didn't I didn't do it. I took decisions based on my head on, my, on the rational part. So if mm -hmm. I should have taken intuition also into in, into that mix eh, because. I mean, then I think I would have made better decisions mm -hmm. based on a job, uh, whatever. Yeah. And if you look now, eh, from the time you started working on your intuition, uh, is, is it improving or do you listen other and better to it? How does it work? I first listen to my intuition. And it's also a lesson that I learned from everybody who's joined the podcast. 
So for me, it's first intuition, and then I'm going to look from a more rational side of it. And intuition mm -hmm. is, a, is, a, is a thing that you know immediately, yeah, this is the right person, this is not the right person for the team. And uh, I mean, I, it's, it's not an emotional thing. Emotions is something different. Emotion is reactive. That's because you, you, you are triggered by something. Intuition is some, some knowing immediately, this is it, this is the right. Everybody knows that. Intuition is, 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 it can, can be compared to the situation, you have lost your keys. And you're searching everywhere, you don't find them. You go to bed, and then you let everything go, and then your keys are there, and there they are. That's your intuition. <laughs> Interesting. And um, do you have any podcasts or book that inspire you and that help making you the way you are? Oh, lots of them. <laughs> of course, my own podcasts, because that's the reason why I make them. Um, and um I think a, a great book is Business Means Spirit by Alain Cohen. I think it's a great book. It's a, it's an English uh, book. Um, another, I have lots of books. I'm a, I'm a book fanatic. Um, I think also the Qualified Sales Leader is a good book because they also use their uh, Read the Room from uh, John McMahon. Um, yeah. And he also uses intuition. I was, this is the first sales book that I encountered that uses intuition and I love the way he combines it. Um, uh, and also that podcast from, uh, what is it? John Kaplan, I find really great. Um, and then of course in Dutch, it's a, it's a flow from Jan Domre. It's a, mm -hmm. I think it's a great book still. I mean, you, it can be challenging. Because you can think it's a hoo-hoo book. It's a little bit, uh, did you sniff any washing powder or something? Or did you get stuck in some kind of ayahuasca meditation ceremony? So you have to be ready for it. Because that's the thing with this kind of books. Um, so these, these, these three books, podcasts, because there's a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, the thing is, and this is also what you, you have been saying to your salespeople, people who are not listening to podcasts or reading books are falling behind. And I think you should advise to, of course, look at sales podcasts, but also look at other resources of more general things like digital transformation, but also more the reflection, personal growth side of things. I can... Yeah. The, once you start taking that route of personal growth, which is like mindset and self-reflection, I mean, yeah, you were coming to the, 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 the prices, you have to let go of certain things and people, but the reward is that you're becoming uh, closer to who you really are. And I think that's really the key to, um, yeah, to great life, to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And uh... Uh, definitely right. Uh, yeah, and you have to start your own journey. And then that's uh, the bridge to the third question. When it is time to pivot or to have a, a shift in mindset? What is the question? When is the time for a pivot or a shift in mindset? Every time, every day. I think it's, it's, um, I see, I see um, a human being as lots of layers. And um, it's it's four layers: physical, emotional, spiritual, and uh, physical. Spiritual is more purpose than your why. Eh? I call it spiritual. And um, so, for me, 
I mean, there is no good day to have some kind of pivots. And I think you should reflect regularly. I mean, is, I mean, for me, it's, 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 it's answering that question. Assume mm -hmm. I give you 5 million euros. Describe me your working week. How would it look like? You should work. And if all those things that you are saying, and it's um, close with the life you're li living right now, then I think, and if it's not, then it's time certainly to take action and to pivot. That's a great one to look at it. Yeah, great one. Perfect. And it's also a great way to finish the podcast, Peter. Uh, I learned a lot and, and I know that the listeners have learned a lot as well. Thank you very much uh, for this occasion, uh, for listening to you. Thank you, Cedric. Very grateful having you as a guest and I wish you all the best and success and luck. Mm -hmm.